In the year 2000, the Lord led my wife and me to the United Kingdom. In the years that we were there, we found that a significant aspect of our ministry was helping biblical dispensational churches to remain true to the faith. Now this was largely accomplished by first giving them an understanding of God's plan and purpose of history. During our years of ministry in the UK, we observed a cycle of decline within many conservative biblical churches. I noticed that this pattern or this cycle of decline always seemed to follow the same path in every church. We then realized that we were witnessing the wiles and schemes that are part of Satan's plan to derail Christ's commission to the church. For he wants to keep people from salvation and from a true understanding of the Word of God. He does not want them to lead godly lives in the here and now or to prepare to serve our Lord as his bride in eternity. We also noticed that there were no dispensational Bible schools in the UK and very few men were being called to the pastorate. Perhaps, more likely, few were responding to a call from God. Thus, the UK had two significant problems. One, churches were declining and or closing. And two, it was becoming very difficult to find the next generation of pastors for empty pulpits. Today, there aren't many solid churches in Britain. They are few and very far apart. Faithful believers may drive many miles each week to find a church. Most congregations are made up of 20 people or less. The average believer is over 60 years of age. The younger generations are totally absent. Now, upon our return to the United States, I began working with churches with the hope of helping them to recognize and to avoid following this very same cycle of decline. As you have just seen in our introduction, we are now where the British churches were back in the year 2000. It's my hope in this session that I will stimulate you to thinking through these problems so that we can work together to develop true, godly, biblical solutions. I do not think this is an impossible task. The decline can be reversed. Oh, perhaps not in the entire nation, but in individual churches. Now, I will not offer you solutions at this point, for we need to develop them together. It is imperative that we do this before our churches head into this cycle of decline and are left without biblically sound pastors. We need to be open with each other, speak frankly in a spirit of love, be willing to consider new ideas that are biblically based, and most of all, pray for God's guidance. In order to initiate our discussion, I'm offering two key concepts. The first is a biblical lesson we need to keep in mind. And the second is to approach the problems we identify with a positive attitude and then allow our Lord to guide us in finding solutions. Our first is the biblical lesson. I begin this with a presupposition. I believe the Lord temporarily set aside the nation of Israel 
because its leaders and people had failed to respond to his warnings to repent and to reverse their spiritual decline. When Israel rejected Christ at his first coming, God then began and turned his attention to the newly formed church. Never forget, though, the church did not replace Israel, but merely is carrying on the next aspect of God's plan program, that is, to call out the bride of Christ. When this task has been accomplished, the church will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord, the rapture. Then, starting with the tribulation, God will again focus on his beloved nation of Israel. Now, so as to not repeat the same pattern they followed, we need to see what the Lord said were the causes of Israel's spiritual decline. A representative example of that cause is found in Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. There God says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, not a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. From this, we can conclude that Israel's first step of decline was turning from or neglecting God's word. Therefore, God stopped speaking to them. The spiritual leaders or shepherds were largely responsible for this. I believe this is the cornerstone root cause of their failure mode. Now let's listen as I read from Ezekiel 34, verses 2 and 3. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, ye clothe you with the wool, you kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. Now some commentators say the shepherds are really Israel's king and leadership, but I believe this is a reference to the spiritual leadership of the land. Clearly, they were looking out for themselves and neglected to teach the people the word of God. In verse 6, the Lord adds, My sheep wandered through all the mountains, upon every hill I hill. Yea, my, my flock was scattered upon all the faces of the earth, and none did search or seek them out. You see, Israel's spiritual leaders were largely responsible for the younger generation drifting away from the Lord. And I would suggest that this could well be the case in our day as well. Certainly these events in Israel happened after Joshua left the scene and continued on into the time of the judges when everyone did that which seemed right in their own eyes. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Today we need to openly recognize and acknowledge that we have lost at least two generations and are in danger of losing the third generation now these three generations are Generation X that was born between 1960 and 1980. Genu Generation Y, the Millennials, were born from 1980 to 1996. And Generation Z was born from 1998 to the present. Now that is exactly what happened in Britain. 
And that is why UK churches have few future leaders and few young men coming forward to answer a call to serve the Lord. Now attrition has taken hold in Britain and the few remaining faithful members are dying off. Now look at verses 7 through 10. God continues to say, Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for the flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not the flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Over in Isaiah 41, God offered, though, a future ray of hope to those who would listen. He promised to send the perfect shepherd to feed the flock, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we read, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. I've concluded that the shepherds of Israel did not teach and preach God's word effectively or in its entirety. Therefore, the spiritually hungry sheep wandered away, and as they wandered in the way, they fell into sin. Oh, you know, the shepherds may have used God words and quoted proof texts from Scripture, but they did not teach the word of God contextually or expositorily. They watched people fall into idolatry and leave the face of their fathers, and they did nothing. The shepherds didn't go after them to learn why they drifted away or left. Perhaps the shepherds were afraid of the answer. Furthermore, God adds in Jeremiah chapter 50 and verse 6, he tells us, My people hath been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. I conclude that the next step in Israel's cycle of decline was the failure of these spiritual leaders to seek out the sheep, the lost sheep, who had gone astray. These sheep were part of their flock, and they had drifted away. After that comes the next step, when the wandering sheep searching for shepherds turned to false shepherds to feed them. And at this point, I would point out that this is exactly what has happened to many lost sheep today as they turn to the false teachings of New Calvinism. Studies have shown that the leaders of New Calvinism are mostly older men in their 50s and 60s. So if you're in your 50s and 60s, you could still reach that generation. Now, the New Calvinists, they represented authority to that younger generation, something they were looking for, that generation sought. The New Calvinists saw an opportunity to reach out to these dissatisfied young adults who were abandoning their conservative, yes, fundamental churches. Now, while some left because they desired a more contemporary worship style, the vast majority that I have spoken to say that what they really desired was deeper teaching of God's Word. They wanted to know God's plan and purposes and how they personally 
could fit into it. Seeking God's teaching, they turned to the internet to connect. And the new Calvinist leaders recognized we can connect with that generation. So the reformed new Calvinist churches countered their, their own decline by appealing to the transferals from existing churches. And the new Calvinists gave what was seemingly deep teaching. It really isn't, but it appears that way to the younger generation. Now I've read many surveys. I've talked to many young adults that have left their churches and either turned to Calvinism or just stopped attending any church at all. Many who left are genuinely born-again believers. So be careful. Don't pass them off as unbelievers who were not part of us. Doing so may make you feel comfortable, but in reality does not apply to many who have left. As a result of my studies, I have learned at least three prime reasons these young adults give for why they left their conservative fundamental churches. Number one, they see a significant gap between what the leadership tells them to do and what the leadership of the church actually does in their lives. In other words, hypocrisy. You see, the young adults want to see honesty, transparency, and authenticity in those they look up to. They've been given no biblical answers to the basic questions about life. When they ask, where is the world going? Why am I here? Where am I going? What's my purpose? Etc. Instead of answers from the Bible, they are given proof texts or platitudes, or worse yet, told to be quiet. In Sunday school, yes, they listen to random Bible stories that may offer some life applications, but they have not been shown how these true events fit into God's purposes and plans for history. Some have told me that most messages they heard from the pulpits were actually very insipid. Those messages didn't challenge them or present God as being an interesting being to know about and understand where God is going. The Bible is taught in such a way as to be boring to them. You see, many of these lack the foundational doctrinal understanding that is essential to discerning truth from error and defending the faith. They are easy prey for the false doctrines of New Calvinism, for they were not given biblically sound foundational belief systems in their church. The church had failed to arm them effectively. Now, with these thoughts in mind, whether you agree with me or not, let us take courage by turning to God's word as the only true support we have to finding solutions. Thus, our second key concept is to look to the Lord to lead us as we together seek solutions to this downward cycle of decline. You see, the Lord is more than able to do so, and that should actually be a great encouragement to us. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 13, John sees the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, remember, the bridegroom of the church. He's amidst the seven candlesticks. John says, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks 
one like unto the Son of Man. Skipping to verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, the seven golden candlesticks. These are seven stars, are the angels or messengers of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. This key is looking to the Lord for the guidance because it's much easier when we recognize that he's actually where? In the midst of the churches. Now his leadership in that position has never changed. It's well for pastors, church leaders, church bosses to remember that it is the Lord who guides through his word and through the leading of his Holy Spirit. In my series on Revelation, I noted that this book is a manual for the bride. I believe it is crucial that we study the second and third chapters of Revelation in seeking the solution to this crisis of decline. In these two chapters, we read of healthy and failing churches. The Lord gives corrections as well as recommendations and commendations. I would suggest that each of our churches do an in-depth study of these two chapters in a frank, truthful, open manner. Then openly analyze your church with respect to the Lord's comments to these seven churches. Be willing to hear what people say, what they think, how the church compares to these churches in Revelation. Now, it'd be very unprofitable to study these seven churches as simply seven ancient churches of no interest to us today. Seven churches that either declined or end in history and not regard them as significant to us today. To ignore the lessons that they give us leaves us in the danger of repeating some of their very own errors. I would note that only two of the seven remain today, and these have only a tiniest of remnant. But don't be discouraged. Remember Christ's promise in Matthew 16 and verse 18, where the Lord said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, now that's Jesus Christ, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, this is referring to all true believers, the church, not just our local assemblies. His church, that's all true believers, will not collapse, for God will maintain a remnant until he catches us up to be his bride in the air. But be warned, individual local churches may fail, may decline, and may die. And in fact, perhaps some should die. But according to Revelation 1 verse 8, we need to remember the power that can enable us to solve this problem. In Revelation 1 verse 8, it is the Almighty walking in the midst of our churches. Now, it's not our power, it's not our cleverness, our programs that will reverse the trends. God has the power to help us. It is task of the bride to make herself ready. Remember Revelation 19, verses 6 through 8? Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. 
Notice, our task is to make ourselves ready. This takes effort throughout our lifetime. There is no retirement for those who are following God's call. Oh yes, <laughs> there's a need to redefine our roles, our efforts, and actions with age. But that is merely being retreaded for new tasks. Today, the Lord has given me an entirely different task from the one I had 40 years ago. It is one that I have been training for all my life. It suits my strength, my age, my location, and people that I am in contact with. The Lord has led, not me. I would suggest that we pray at the end of this video and then as a united group seek the Lord's leading in finding solutions that will prevent or stop the cycle of decline in our churches. I stress we must openly and freely discuss our thoughts, observations, hopes, and possible solutions. I would add that I believe if we reach out to the lost generations, we'll find men called of God who are ready to respond. We, I emphasize we, must then be prepared to teach them to be pastors that will truly teach and preach the Word of God as God wants it taught. For the schools have let us down. I would remind you pastors and church leaders that it is our duty to equip the saints for the ministry, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. It's up to you pastors. It's up to you church members. It's up to you families. It's up to you yourself. The video presentation you have just seen was given to a group of pastors and church people at a recent Bible conference. This video served to stimulate discussion and thoughts on this important subject. Following the showing of this introductory video, we had a time for thinking through, for discussing, for seeking solutions to reversing the decline of our churches and how to reach out to Generation X, Generation Y, and Generation Z. The session was very useful and many good ideas were offered by those present. I thought it would be helpful to add your thoughts and suggestions to my studies as I collate the attendees' comments with the many emails that have been sent to me and the information that I have gathered from many surveys. If, after watching this video, you would like to join in by sending your comments to me, send them at info at congdenministries.org. That's info at congdenministries.org. I would appreciate you being part of this study. Once I have completed my study, I plan to present the results in a follow-up video to be available within the next two months. I hope you will join me then. Now until next time, may the Lord bless you mightily. I will see you either here or in the air.